Brilliant. Thanks be to God. As I was reading that, I realized the sound system's slightly broken, and I, I'm responsible for pressing record so that people can hear the talk, and I've only just repressed it. So, hold on a second. Um, we're going to talk this morning about how to give your life away. Quick, pricey. It's not easy. It's all about the gospel. We've just read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 13, and now I'm going to start talking. You're all thinking, why didn't you just do that? Okay, um, Paul says to Timothy, how do you give your life away? Um, and he starts basically by, it's this, do you then be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? If you want to give your life away, you need to start by being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And how do you do that? There are three ways in this um, passage that Paul shows Timothy that how he can grow in the strength that is in the grace of Jesus. Those three things are, um, number one, pass on the gospel. Number two, focus on the gospel. Number three, sorry about this, suffer for the gospel, okay? So number one, pass on the gospel. And Paul, he basically, he says this, he says, um, and in the thing, so it, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Um, the good news of Jesus is something that when it gets hold of us and when we encounter and meet with Jesus, um, we realize that actually God has called us to pass it on to other people, to pass Jesus on to other people, but also to pass the gospel on to other people. And here's the thing. When you are active in passing on the gospel to others, you will grow in your experience and in grace, and you will grow as a follower of Jesus. When you are giving your life to making sure that you are entrusting to other people, to passing on to other people the good news of who Jesus is, you will grow in grace. Let me tell you why, because actually what will be happening is you will find yourself doing a few things. Number one, knowing your story of faith, because you're going to be sharing it with people. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Number two, you will find yourself praying for the people who God puts in your way, and you will then find yourself speaking to them about who Jesus is and what he has done. And I don't know about you, but when I have relationships that I am active in them in terms of praying for people and sharing the gospel with them, the good news of Jesus. My experience of who Jesus is, my experience of being with Jesus and of understanding the good news goes up. I, I, am I alone in that? When I see people come to faith, something happens in my heart. So when somebody becomes a Christian, they meet with God, the Holy Spirit fills them, and then, but when you're involved in it, the same thing happens to you. You get overwhelmed with the kind of joy that happens when you, you witness the birth of a child. Um, being active in sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, grows us in grace, grows our strength in grace. I have a friend who... Um, I see for coffee and lunch on the Gloucester Road. And, one of, and he's, he's not a Christian, but one of the things we do is we, we study bits of the New Testament. And actually, those moments in my weeks when I see him, um, I, I get as much out of it as he does. Because I am, I'm encountering God through the text. And as I'm explaining it to him, and as I'm explaining who Jesus is, I'm meeting with Jesus, and I'm hearing it again. Paul says... Um, to Timothy, if, you, if you're going to be strong in grace, you've been given this beautiful thing, the gospel, and I need you to entrust it to other people. 
Let them, help, let them shape you in it, shape them in it. And in doing that, you will find that your knowledge, your experience, your understanding of grace grows, and therefore your strength in grace goes. So, so question number one for everybody here, who am I, not Wayne, I, passing the gospel on to? Who am I passing the gospel on to? It's the one thing Jesus tells us to do. Go make disciples of all nations. But who am I passing the gospel on to? It's not my job. It's not James's job. It's not the little church leader's job. It's all of our jobs. And when we do that, we grow in grace. So that's the first thing Paul says. Uh, um, Timothy, you want to give your life away? Be strong in grace? When you pass on the gospel, your, your, your experience of grace grows. The second thing is uh, he talks about um, focusing on the gospel. So do you remember there were those three illustrations? Um, there was the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. Um, so for example, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Uh, or, uh, nobody serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. The farmer is the first person to receive the fruit of their labours. Um, Paul basically says to Timothy, uh, know what you're about and be about that. And actually, when we become Christians, when we say we follow Jesus together, following Jesus becomes the number one thing in our life. The number one thing. I'm a dad. It's more, it's more important. Hi, kids. <laughs> but it is more important than them. Because actually, when I'm following Jesus... You can ask them whether or not it works. Um, I hope I become a better parent. I'm a husband. It's more important than Wendy following Jesus because actually that then sets the train for the type of husband, father, and whatever my vocation, my job is. It's the number one thing. And Paul says to Timothy, if you think about those three illustrations, the soldier knows their role. They know that they're in the army and they do what the commanding officer tells them. They know their place. The athlete is focused on training to win a prize. Next week is the first week of pre-season training um, for Bristol Rovers. The guys have been off for about a month, um, and, and they will hit the ground running, uh, literally, uh, next week. But actually, they know, starting on Monday, that they're focused on next April and when the league finishes. Um, and they're not thinking about just getting to the end of Monday. They're thinking about what it looks like to get to the end of the season. And that is that one focus. Uh, and the farmer, when, you, when the farmer sows, the farmer, and the farmer sows knowing that a, there, a harvest will come. And their lives are focused around enabling their soil to be the best soil um, and their harvest to come. They have this life of focus. And it's not just on them, but it's on the bigger picture. When we focus on the gospel, when we focus on our relationship with God, we grow in grace. And our strength in grace grows. Um, I, um, I find that occasionally, I haven't done it since COVID because um, they're all really old and they don't like um, people coming in, but I think they're about to open up. I go to a monastery in the middle of nowhere and, um, and, and you go through, basically you go and you, you have to get up at the crack of dawn, I mean really crack of dawn, and you go, you go to different services and they give you a book and you read it along with them. There's one of them that's in, um, that's in Latin, so I just kind of look at the words and try and work out where we are. Um, and, but what I find is like, you know, you think, is anything, what's happening? And then when you get to the end of your time there, you realize that it's almost like a long soak in a bath, that actually your experience of grace and who Jesus is and who God is has gone up 
And all you've been doing is in a place where people are praying, and you've been going through the discipline of praying three, four, five times a day. And I know in my life that when I have a discipline of praying early in the morning and then trying to pause and pray in the day and then again pray in the evening, that actually that discipline draws me closer to God because I'm, because I'm praying, I'm reading God's word, and I get a bigger experience of grace and my strength and grace grows. Um, I know that when I come back from focus, I go to focus and I, um, I'm going to let you in on a secret, I'm not the extrovert everybody thinks I am. So I go to focus and I basically go, Oh no, there's 10,000 people here and I think I hate every single one of them. <laughs> uh, and then I go to the door of the big top night one and I'm like, oh, I think I might just go home. And, which in, in focus means just to my tent. And then usually by about night three or four, I go in and I go, oh, this is amazing, why didn't I go on night one? I've been doing that for about 20 years. You'd think I'd have learnt. And, but when I come back from focus, actually, my, my experience of grace has grown because I've had the discipline of going somewhere and a space for a few days with my church family, who I do love, and the other people I do love, and focusing on the bigger picture and on Jesus. And so when, I fo- when my life is focused on the gospel, my experience and my understanding of grace grows. So when I pass it on, my experience and my understanding grows. Who am I passing it on to? And when I have a life that is focused on the gospel and has practices that are focused on the gospel, and my experience of grace and my experience of Jesus grows. So who are you passing the gospel on to? And if somebody examined your week, what would they say the focus is in your week? What would they say the bigger picture you're living for is? Is it Jesus? Is it his truth? Our dear friend George Muller said, the chief task, the first chief task of every day is to find my soul happy in the Lord, to find strength in grace. So pass on the gospel, focus on the gospel, and I'm afraid you want to grow in grace, you want to give your life away, suffer for the gospel. And Paul, I haven't got my glasses. Uh, I think it's this one. No, I've got one too soon. No, I'll go back. Where did he say remember? Uh, Verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. That's shorthand for Jesus who lived, who died, who lived again. Our sins are forgiven. This is my gospel, Paul says. It's the only thing I'm about, about, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Then he goes on to say, but God's word is not chained. And Paul goes, well, Jesus suffered for the gospel. Well, Jesus suffered. Uh, I'm suffering. Um, You should expect to as well. And the big issue for us in the West is is the whole of Western civilization is geared around an easy life. Uh, and is geared around self-fulfillment um, and, and feeling good about yourself. And, um, and the gospel of Jesus Christ comes crashing into that and says there's a bigger picture. There is a God of love, but also a God of justice. And there is a God who calls us to follow him wholeheartedly. And in doing so, there is a God who, um, and a kingdom that at times affirms what we see in culture and at times very much challenges um, what we see in culture. Watch out for this week's More Tea Vicar coming out in the next few days about that. But in all of human history, the normal default, and I know some of us will probably have experienced this culturally more than others in the last um, couple of years, the normal default for church is to be persecuted by the culture it finds itself in. It's the normal default. There are occasions where cultures and church, Southern America is one of those places in the moment where culture and church do come together. But actually in all the history, they, that's a season that then quick, that ends. The normal, the normal, I'm really sorry, the normal life of Christians is to be out of step with culture 
and therefore to face persecution. And in the West, uh, we, persecution means somebody says something snide to us, and in around the rest of the world, it means you probably get killed. Um, and, and actually, where you find places where there is strength in grace is where the persecuted church is. Always. A um, massive privilege in my life is I've just become a trustee of a charity called SOMA, uh, who um, help the church um, in the two-thirds world and in the persecuted world, but in doing so, end up getting more back. So next year, um, I hope, and um, we may be taking some people with us, we, we hope to go to South Sudan, where the church is um, very much um, on the edge and has a history of persecution, um, which is still today. And when you go there, you find that these people are strong in grace in ways that you and I aren't, because actually all they've got is Jesus. And you hear stories of people from Muslim backgrounds in, in, in coming to Jesus, they literally are dying uh, in terms of culturally for their faith because families just cut them off. Whole communities cut them off. Um, and they share stories of knowing the grace of God. A dad in our primary school talks about how um, uh, leaving um, a Middle Eastern country and leaving his whole family behind because he had discovered who Jesus was uh, and knowing that that was in order to give his wife and, and, and children um, a life, that that's what they needed to do. But he said, actually, I'd already been cut off from everybody. Um, that's, that's not very cheery. But actually, the gospel, Jesus calls us to follow him and when we follow him and when we step out and we, we suffer for it and I don't mean most of my life is I suffer for just being an idiot I don't mean that kind of suffering <laughs> I mean suffering for who Jesus is um, our, our experience of his love and his power and his grace in us grows how many of us when we face tough times in our lives whether it be ill health or, or mental stress or all that kind of thing have been just aware of God's presence when I am weak he is Thank you. Um, so if you want to give your life away, you need to be strong in grace. And you do that by passing on the gospel, by focusing on the gospel, and by suffering for the gospel. But it's always good to remember that we can't do that, but he can. Um, how Paul ends this reading, I'm coming to land, is um, he goes, here is a trustworthy saying. And we think, they think, I said we, like I'm some kind of academic theologian they think that he's quoting either a, a hymn or, or a prayer of the early church. Um, but basically, he, he contrasts now and then. So our life now. So if we died with him, and that's what it is to follow Jesus, we will also live with him. That's eternity. If we endure, if we persevere in this faith, uh, we will also reign with him. So if we persevere in our faith now, um, we've got an eternity reigning with Jesus coming. And um, if we disown him, if we choose that Jesus isn't for us, um, he will disown us. And that's... a Jesus invites us all to follow him. But if we say we don't want to have anything to do with us, he's not going to, it's not a kind of like, actually, I've given you the opportunity to follow me. You've said, no, I'm now going to override you. Um, and, and it's that sense of actually that kind of, do I, have I said yes to Jesus? And then I love this, because actually, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So it's that call to kind of endure and persevere, but realizing that actually he is faithful, where we will be faithless. And this is the wonderful truth. Um, it's strong in grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense. 
It's because Jesus has died for us. It's because the Holy Spirit has been poured out. It's because God is faithful um, that I can find the strength to live a life that passes on the gospel. It's because he is faithful uh, that I can um, have seasons where I forget to read my Bible and pray and then come back and he's like, there you are, let's do this. Um, It's because he is faithful that when I face tough times and persecution and that he says, here I am empowering you. He moves first and rescued us and he moves first and with us to enable us to be strong in grace and to give our lives away. Friends, Jesus wants us to give our lives away so that more and more people can hear how wonderful he is. And he wants to be the power behind how we do that. He wants to be the grace that we are strong in. Amen. Amen. Amen.